Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, I'm so excited, Jennifer Wilson. Hi, JJ, I'm how back. are you? We're so glad you're here. Thank you. I know something about you, and I'm just going to put it out there on the table. All right. You like HGTV. <laughs> I do. It's the House I'm and Garden TV Network. I'm an HGTV junkie. All right. When you say junkie, that's pretty deep. Tell I could watch what, it for hours. You could watch yeah. it for hours. Tell me what you like about it. Give me an idea of some of the programs that you're drawn to. Well, you know, I do, I love the, you know, rehab shows where they take this house that just looks awful and then they just give it new life or they restore it. You know, there's mm-hmm. a show called Rehab Addict. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. what? But it's about houses. There's another one where they love it or list it. They take their original home and and they have problems with it, and a designer comes in and can redo it to make it what you want. Or this other guy's trying to compete with her and go, no, just leave it. Just you want to list it. You want to buy this new home that I have for you. It's just it's just fascinating. And they add a little drama, you know, stuff And they're real it, people. So. I think part of the charm of it is is that real people are involved. They're sure. not actors. It's not a performance. It's not scripted. You're, you're watching real people in real time wrestle with choices. Right. My wife loves HGTV also, and I love my wife, which means I sometimes watch HGTV. Oh, good for you. And and it's okay. But one thing that I'm drawn to, because I'm the preacher guy, is that all of those shows to which you've referred and everything else there really comes down to a choice. Shall I love it, my house that I'm in, redesigned, or shall I list it and buy a new house? Shall I remodel this house or shall I just accept it as it is? When I'm doing interior design, shall I buy this duvet cover or this one? I mean, Uh they're all about choices. And we're in a series here on Viewpoint talking about life and we're using some of those HGTV shows as a kind of pop culture frame for some really important life truths because life is about choices too. Mm -hmm. And this week, JJ, I want to ask, have you ever seen House Hunters? A lot, because they play it a lot. It goes on for hours at a time. In fact, House Hunters is one of the longest-running programs on HGTV. I remember Suzanne Wong. She was this beautiful hostess. That that goes back to 1999. That's how long that goes. Let's not, yes. And so you must have just been a (laughs) child watching that. But House Hunters is this transcendent program on HGTV, which is so elementary. Mm -hmm. Some contestants or guests come on. They're trying to find the house of their dreams. They want to make a home somewhere. Mm-hmm. A realtor comes alongside, shows them three houses. They have to wrestle the choice down to which one will they buy. Will the, it be number one, number, number two, two, or, or number, number three? three? And they have a wish list, and they have to match it. Mm-hmm. No house has got everything, but which one do we want? The program unfolds. The episode concludes with revisiting the people after they bought the house moved into the house. How does it feel now? And they're always all smiles. So glad they (laughs) they made the right choice. Truth be told, in real life, people make the wrong choice. And they buy a house that they're not happy with. But it's all about choices. Home is very important. And House Hunters actually has some life lessons, not just about buying a house and putting a roof over your head, but I think about your life and how it unfolds always in this troubled world. Stay with us. We'll be right back. One of the things I like about House Hunters on HGTV is the way in which it exposes me to so many different kinds of houses. In fact, House Hunters, the the original kind of concept, which was maybe, you might say, all-American suburb, 
has branched out into all kinds of spin-offs. Yes. I mean, there's a House Hunters on the Beach. I really like those because, yeah. you know, people go and they, they say, I want to buy a house on the beach. And so all the houses are about beaches. And I've never owned a home on a beach. But to see them and to kind of look at the style and imagine Right, what and you start like. to help make them make choices. I think they should pick number <laughs> that's two. That's right. And my husband I, will go, no, number three is better for them. That's right. You can become a part of the action. <laughs> but, but there's something about the exposure to all of these houses that's fascinating. So you see different styles, different architecture, different locales. Have you ever seen House Hunters International? Oh, I love that. I mean, I've been to Brisbane, Australia. I've never really been there, but I've seen it right. on House Hunters International. And yeah. how fascinating to see the neighborhoods and the and the high-rise condos and things that are in that and city. And I think they should stay right near the city center, near the market. <laughs> but <laughs> they want to be out in the country, whatever. But when you're watching it, you see the windows, you see the roof line, you see the pastel colors of the house in the Caribbean, you, you, you see the way it's perched on a hillside or in a broad plain. You see a lot of things that the camera can show you, but you don't often see in House Hunters what really is the most important Nobody's part. digging around in the crawl space on House Hunters, are they? They're not. Now, some of those other programs, you're getting down to the studs. Right, right, right. But on House Hunters, you're making a buy based on how it feels when you walk in the door. Now, I'm sure off camera, there's probably some more homework being done. I hope. I hope so. Because we, we're here to tell you, as you're looking for your house today, you better check out the foundation. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter how good it looks above ground. If that foundation is faulty, it's not going to work out well. And that's the lesson today. House Centers is about building a house, creating a home. And that's an emblem, actually, of our lives. Because, you know, you can look good on the outside. You can have fashion, you can have sense, you can have presence, you can have charisma, you can have opportunity, you can have status, you can have job, you can have all kinds of things. But if your life is not built on the right foundation, it's not going to work out well. When we come back to Jay, let's talk a little bit about that. I know that you had an experience growing up that taught you this lesson. Share it with us in a minute.
JJ, we're thinking about house hunters on HGTV. How fun to think about building a house, buying a house, sure. creating a home. Yeah. Life is like that. Life is creating a house. It's like building a home. And no matter where we lay our heads down to sleep, even though we may be moving about in this world a great deal and may not feel like we actually have a physical address that we call home, our lives are like a house. Mm -hmm. And we have to choose the foundation upon which we build. The New Testament talks about this a great deal and often helps us see our lives through the lens, the illustration, the analog of a house and of a building. So Jesus himself has a moment. He has an intersection famously in Matthew's gospel. It's recorded uh, with Peter. He's with all the disciples and all kinds of people have opinions about Jesus. And some say he's this and some say he's that. Some think he's a prophet. Some think he's a charlatan. And then the Lord looks at Peter and he just puts the question straight to him. All right, hey, you guy, you Mr. Simon, well, who do you think I am? Can you read to us just that historic conversation that has done so much to change the world. This is Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18 from the New Living Translation. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. It's a very powerful passage because Jesus is saying that what Peter has stated is exactly the right answer. The question of a lifetime and the question that all of us ultimately have to face is, who is Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? You, you may decide that he's just fiction, or you may decide that the stories about him, though he may have been a real person, are all just made up or exaggerated. Or you might choose to believe that he actually is the very person of God in human form. Or... Another way of describing him is as the Messiah, which means the sent one of God. Uh, that's a Greek word, Messiah, for that anointed one, the sent one of God. He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, the very exact representation of God in human form. That's what the New Testament claims. And Jesus is saying to Peter, bingo, you got it. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered correctly, and he said, you know what, Simon, which was Peter's original name, you're a very smart guy. <laughs> and I'm going to call you now Peter. Peter, another Greek word, Petros, which means rock. So the name has meaning. I'm going to call you rock because you're a rock upon which I'm going to build my church. There's been a lot of debate in theology and in church traditions over the years about what that means. But if I just read it on its face, it would say to me that Jesus looked at Peter and said, you know what, guy? You are a foundation stone, as it were, of the church I'm going to build, of this community I'm going to construct. The building of all time is really going to be founded on, like, you. And yet, that doesn't mean to me that Peter was the keystone. He is just a part of that foundation. His faith, his conviction of who Jesus was, 
is that upon which we stand. And that is revealed to me when Peter writes his own letter later. After Jesus' life unfolds, he goes to the cross. He's dead and buried. He rises from the dead. Peter sees him with his own eyes. Peter becomes then this dramatic and extraordinary follower of Jesus, an anchor in the first century church. Yes, many other people have their faith grounded in Peter's testimony. But Peter writes his own letters describing about what is the foundation. And so this guy that Jesus called a rock... He called him a rock for a reason, because he's smart and he's wise. Now, JJ, I know you have this also in hand. This is the first letter of Peter where he describes about what we really must build on. What does he say? 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. It's so fascinating to me that Peter who bears the name rock, Petros, in the Greek, by the appointment of Jesus, now uses that same term to describe all of us. Hmm. You see, you're living stones. You're living rocks. We're all a part of this magnificent construction, but it's all founded on Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the cornerstone. Now, that brings me back to your story growing up, JJ, because I know when you were growing up, you had an experience where the word cornerstone took on some real important meaning for you. Tell me about that. I was 16 years old and just, you know, probably went with my mom on this little trip because she would let me drive the car around the block. (laughs) But we were going in our small town to look for a new house. And uh, she allowed me to come along with her. And we went into a couple different homes. And we pulled up to this one. I said, oh, my gosh, it's so cute. And it had little windows, little gables. And we went inside. And I was kind of dancing around going, oh, this could be my room. And this could be my sister's room. And, you know, oh, we could put the table here. And my mom was pretty sober, pretty serious going through. And I was like, mom, she's like, we need to walk around the outside. And I said, well, okay, but remember, we can plant flowers. And, you know, I was 16 going, blah, blah, blah. We went around outside, and she goes, we can't buy this house. And I was like, what? It's great. It's just the right size, you know. And, And she says, no, we can't look. And she points down to the foundational level of the home, a place behind a bush that you would never just see. Unless you were looking for it. Unless you were looking. And she was looking, and there was a humongous crack and a deep settling of the corner of the house. She goes, we cannot buy this house. It's not on a good foundation. I was just floored because I hadn't even floored, no pun intended. (laughs) I hadn't even thought about that. I was looking at what most people would look at. All the bells and whistles Mm -hmm. and the, the charm and the beauty of the moment. But she was thinking of her kids, her family, the longevity of this home being a solid home for her and a good investment for her. And she knew that if that cornerstone, and that's why it's called that, it's the stone at the corner which supports all the other stones that hold the foundation together, that if that one was flawed, then the whole house would be flawed. And that if there was a tragedy, if there was a natural disaster, some kind of event, 
the house would be lost. And, and or over time, the would house just would just continue to crumble. It would be uneven. Mm-hmm. And that is so consistent with what we read in the scripture and right here in this passage. Peter understood this because Peter was a man who was strong and able and he was a natural born leader and he could have built his life on a, a lot of things that were his just native abilities, his own business sense. He had a business on the Sea of Galilee. He was a fisherman. He was a guy who seemed to command the respect and the attention of his peers. He could have built his house on a lot of things, but he understood in his relationship to Jesus, he had to build his life on Jesus. Faith that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Belief that Jesus' words were worthy of his trust. That if I build my house on him as my cornerstone, then just what the prophet had said that he quotes, he quotes from the Old Testament, that anyone who builds on this cornerstone will never be disgraced. That no matter what happens, there will be a sense of honor, and stability and anchoring and strength that will withstand all that this world can bring if Jesus is my cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And in House Hunters, people look at the houses on the outside. I hope they're looking at the foundation. In your world today, look at your life. And how do other people see you? And is anyone looking at your foundation? Are you looking at your cornerstone? Mm. Because we're all standing on something Are you standing on a solid rock or on sinking sand? Is your cornerstone your own wit and capacity, your skills? You think that everything depends on you? Or maybe the family into which you were born? Or maybe the passport you carry because you have a passport you think the American government or whatever government passport you carry is going to be your cornerstone or the uniform you wear? Or maybe it's the money you have in your bank and you think because you've got that pension or you've got that investment, all's well. You think you're working out and taking care of your physical body, and so therefore that's all you need? Folks, I'm here to tell you, all of it will be flawed because everything in this world is passing away. Build your life on Jesus, the cornerstone. I love what Jesus says to Peter. He says, you're blessed because God revealed this to you. You didn't come about this by human wisdom. You are blessed because you have received this gift of faith in me and who I really am. And I, I guess people need to know that, that there's not a pressure to be and to have and to do, that we are blessed when we simply open our lives to the gift that is Jesus and build your life around what he said and how he interacted with this world. That's true blessing. That's true foundation. When we come back... We want to answer the question that's in your head right now. How do I get there? What do I do? Stay with us. My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I did 
dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name Christ Would you like to build your life on something that is solid and will never change in a world of exponential change? Would you like to find yourself secure and that the house, the relationships, the structures of your life are fixed and true? You can. How? You have to make a decision. It's all about choices. Just like on House Hunters or Love It or List It or any of those other shows on HGTV, you have to make a choice. And we're inviting you. We're asking you. Make the choice to build your life on Jesus. But how do I do that, you might say? How do I find what Peter found? How is it revealed to me? Well, you can take a step that way right now with us by praying with us. In prayer, we talk to God. You begin to speak to your maker and then see what happens next. Just take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you're very close by and that you know each one of us by name and that you have promised to honor all those who seek wisdom. And we are seeking, Lord, wisdom today. We want to build our lives on solid rocks. We want Jesus to be our cornerstone. And for many people joining me in prayer today, they may have doubts or questions. They may wonder, can he really be all of that? And I'm asking, Lord, that you will hear their heart cry and that you will speak into their life and their journey. And before seven days pass, I pray that you will send them a gesture from heaven that will reassure them that Jesus Christ is Lord and that his words, his life, his commands, and his invitation 
are the stuff of a cornerstone upon which they can build their lives, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. I pray, Lord, that you will reveal yourself mm-hmm. and that within the next week, there will be lives who begin to see that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone and that lives will begin to be built on him. And we are confident, Lord, that for everyone who follows this course, they will never be disgraced because by the sight of heaven and over time, they will stand tall on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the way which you have given us the scripture, the story of Jesus, and the living spirit of Jesus at work now in response to this prayer. It is in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Now, if you'd like to talk more, ask questions, share a comment or an idea, give us a call. We have a number, toll-free, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Just dial this up. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear your voice. Give us a call. JJ, if someone was reluctant to call but would prefer to check us out online, where would they go? You can find us at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there all about the Viewpoint Radio Ministry, and you can send us an email with your questions, your stories, your testimony. We'd love to hear from you, and we will reply. At the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420. Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you give us a call, check us out online, or use surface mail, please let us hear from you this week. We're so glad you tuned in to join us. We hope that you will also reach out and let us hear your voice. And JJ, thanks so much for coming alongside. My pleasure. Thank you, Jim. And thanks for building your house on the cornerstone. Hey, I have to tell you, my mom didn't buy that house. (laughs) But she certainly did a great job raising her kids on the foundation of Jesus Christ. She knew what mattered. Mm -hmm. And we're so glad that you're here to tell us that. Thank you. And we're so thankful for you listening today. We hope you'll be with us again next week. When we here at Viewpoint next week, as always, try and help you to see your life from heaven's view today. Think about that cornerstone. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.